Oh man. Uh, welcome to the Pure Joy Project. My name, your host, um, Paul Lanigan. I am sitting here with my good friend, uh, Stephen Mark Angier, who I get the pleasure of working at Cannon Cook Ministries with. Uh, we are sitting at a beach volleyball court in Salina, Kansas. After a day full of ministry, you can definitely hear the elated voices in the background. Um, Sonic drinks in hand. And we have had a heart to record a podcast about service for a minute now. So Stephen Angier, who are you right now? Who are you? Tell us about yourself. Hello, as Paul said, my name is Stephen Angier. Um, I am a student at Calvary Chapel Bible College. I'm 21 years of age. Where's that at? Calvary Chapel Bible College is in Marietta, California, about two hours southeast of Los Angeles. Mm. I've completed my first semester this past fall. I took a semester off, went on a mission trip, and will be continuing this upcoming fall my online classes, most likely at home. Yeah. Um, mm. And so, how long have you been associated with Canicook? Canicook camps is something I've been associated with since I was younger. I was a camper for a couple years. I went to K-Country when I was little. Took a huge break, went to K-2, um, which is, for those of you that don't know, K-Country is our week-long camp for uh, middle school age yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. K-2 is our high school uh, age camp. Then I, one summer I was asked to be a, a chief, which is the spiritual leader for a tribe. There's two tribes, the Cherokees and the Choctaws, and they compete in a varieties of different sports um, activities, but ultimately we come together as one at the end of our term. And I was asked to be a spiritual leader for them at K-1, which is the middle school age camp as well, uh, located in Branson, Missouri. And I've had the privilege, excuse me, privilege to work with Canica Camp for about five years now. Um, I first started off as a CIT, which is counselor in training at K-1. I progressed to being a counselor at K-1, to ropes on K-1, maintenance at K Country, and now I'm here huh. with the Paul Lane again on Canica Camp. On leadership Out. with Canica Camp Out. Wow. Traveling the ministry, going to different church, or traveling the the country, doing ministry at different churches, um, all over the Midwest, hosting day camps, um, being absolutely rowdy, sitting at sand volleyball courts, drinking Sonic on Tuesday night. Um, man, so I had a heart to talk to Stephen uh, while being recorded because we've had an infinite amount of conversations involving relationships, involving service, involving growth, involving affliction, and all kinds of topics. Um, a dude who loves Jesus because he knows he needs him, and a guy who desires to serve, whether that's healthy or unhealthy in every moment, we don't know, uh, but a guy who desires to serve as much as anybody I've ever met. Um, so we're gonna pray and then we're gonna talk about service and what scripture says about it, how we define it, how we can grow in it, its role in our lives, etc. Um, so if you would with me, um, God, we thank you for the opportunity to, um, to be before you. God, thank you that you sent your son uh, to tear the veil so that we could walk alongside you um, in glory. Um, Jesus, I pray that you're present, uh, that you're working here, that the message conveyed through us is, is holy, is righteous. Um, it equips others to do life, uh, to be godly and to love, to love one another. Uh, to a greater degree. Spirit, I pray that you speak through us. Give every step, thought, word, and action. Um, refine us, love us, grow us, teach us. Help us to do the same to others. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, Stephen, what, uh, what is service? Tell me about service. Service. Wow, what a great question, Paul. I would say service is defined by two things. 
starting off as you go into this podcast. First one is task. And a task is something you do because you've been asked or maybe a job required you to do a certain deed. And then the other thing I would say is the word deed, D-E-E-D. And that is doing something because you desire to without being asked. And I think there's a huge difference with how we look at that and then the lenses that we have that shape those two words and what they mean to us on an individual yeah. level. So. Mm, that's good. Service is anything, I think anything that we do with, with the goal or intention to bless another person. I think is a really loose definition for service. Service looks like everything from like a reluctant yes to your boss to complete a task or just a desire to fill somebody's water bottle when they're working a rock wall for two hours um, and, and you know that they, that they need sustenance and refreshment. Like service looks so many different ways. We serve people by saying things. We serve people by not saying things. Um, we serve people in challenges. We serve people in encouragement. Um, there's an infinite way to serve. And like Christ, Christ was service as a human being. He embodied service. And so that, that's pretty, uh, pretty good segue. Mind you, Stephen and I did not really take any notes or don't have any in front of us, at least if we did. Um, so just hoping that the spirit takes control and that the conversation flows and, um, and the message conveyed is not by us at all. So what does scripture say about service? That's a great question. Paul, I would say that <clears throat> what scripture says about service is putting your need above others. If we look at the life of Jesus Christ. Their need above yours. Excuse me. Thank you, you meant, yes. I meant. Their need above yourself. Mm. And if we look at the life of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ lived a life of service through and through perfectly. And how he did that was by living a life interruptibly, which means that in any moment that he saw something, he stopped. Or if he felt something, he stopped. There's ample times I can think of in the scriptures one of which he was walking through a crowd and a woman reached out and touched her, his garments and was healed. Mm. And he stopped, full well knowing who it was, but asked, who touched me? Mm. And in that very moment, he was able to share the gospel to one person, but also to the multitude, multitude around mm. him. Through service. Through service. Through service, he was able to share the gospel. Yeah. Mm. That's and, good. Mm. Yeah. You have anything else? Yes. And so uh, even adding on to that, like, I think we should live a life interruptible but also being willing to step in. Mm. And sometimes service takes the form of us stepping in, and sometimes the form of service takes us taking a step away. And so with us both being on leadership this summer, there are opportunities for us to step in, maybe filling a water bottle, as you were saying earlier in your description, mm. or maybe um, having a conversation with a former faculty member um, and just checking up with them, making sure they're okay and that they're staying in tune with the word. Uh, or maybe it's stepping away. Um, maybe it's entrusting the guys that we are training up that are underneath us in our, our small groups to run well with what we've asked them to do, whether it's running at the tower, whether it's running at our water equipment, whether it's running in programs. And it's almost as if we're, we're building them up in a way where that they can do what they need to do because they've seen it through us, but we're also giving them the liberty to do it hmm. and the freedom and the ability to make mistakes and to succeed. Hmm. So that's hopefully good. I didn't yeah. leave you. No, no, that's so good, so good. So I think about um, Hebrews 12, right? The first words in Hebrews 12 is looking unto Jesus. And 
or no, in Hebrews 12, 2, the first words are, it's looking unto Jesus. And I think we can take that and we can do that with literally everything in our lives. So when we talk about service, we look at Jesus. And so in Jesus' teaching, um, in the end of Matthew 20, close to the end of Matthew 20, um, it says, starting in verse 25, but Jesus called them to him and said, you know the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so, like, even literally Jesus, literally God, who had every bit of authority to do anything that he pleased, chose to serve. Chose to, there's a poem called I Bend, um, and and it talks, and it, the, the first two lines is like, I bend to sweep the crumbs, I bend to wipe the vomit. Um, and then it goes on to say like, and I bend and I bend and the, deep, the, the further I go and my face is in the dirt, I go deeper and I look into the eyes of Jesus. And there is my happiest. There is my fullness of joy. We see in John 15, Jesus calls us to abide in him and to keep his commandments. And, and in that, we receive our fullness of joy. And so one of the commandments, I mean the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. So loving our neighbor as ourselves, I think about Philippians 2, which let me get there. Um, this is good. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Epistles. Hey, the sound of a Bible turning is just so satisfying. Anyway, um, do nothing from selfish ambition or, or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. By his Holy Spirit, we have a desire to serve. I'm now thinking about 1 Peter. So 1 Peter 4, um, 1 Peter 4.10, almost there. So 1 Peter 4.10 um, says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as a good steward of God's grace. So why are we told over and over again in Scripture to serve? Why, why when we have all these gifts and all these talents and all these things is our, is our main instruction to think of others as greater than yourself, to show hospitality to one another without grumbling, that's 1 Peter 4.9, um, and to earnestly love one another, 1 Peter 4.8, like why are we called to serve when everything in the world points us to, like, to selfishness, selfish ambition, empty conceit? So why do you think we're called to serve? Another great question. I would say the reason why we're called to serve is because of what has been done for us. Mm. And if you look at the greatest act of service in Scripture, Come on, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have mm. everlasting life. And that is the greatest form of service, that a man mm. would lay down his life for another, but not just any man. Our Heavenly Savior, who, as Paul was saying earlier, has complete authority over everything. Mm. So out of love, in and of itself, he died. And as um, the math passage in Matthew is saying, we live a life loving the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, as mm. well as loving our neighbors. And so what we receive in love through service, we give back through service in love. Hopefully I said that correctly. No, that's good. So I would mm. say, as you're saying, the reason why, and hopefully I'm not losing on my question. No, you're doing great. Hopefully why we why we serve is out of love. Mm -hmm. 
and it's mm. for no internal and no physical gain. Yeah. As I choose to submit and I choose to push and I choose to build up those that are around me and what the Lord has equipped me with so that they can be better mm. off. I think of the parable of the talents. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Talk about we it. Have, we have been given with so many different spiritual gifts. Yeah. I know for me, the Lord has gifted me with apostleship. The Lord has gifted me with evangelism. And the Lord has gifted me with shepherding. And so I can take those gifts as well as many more. And I can either just leave them in my closet of my life and have them just sit there and do nothing. And there's no value for me and there's no value for those that are around me. Or I can choose to use those. Yes, it will be hard. Yes, it will be difficult. And yes, we will face adversity. But the beauty that comes from that is so much better. Mm. I can think of many conversations throughout this summer where the Lord has used those spiritual gifts where I've been able to speak into the lives of men and women that are around me in a brotherly way mm. that has left them better off than where they were. Mm. And that's for no glory for myself. Yeah. And I want none of that. But that is all through what the Lord has been able to do for me. And one yeah. day the master is coming back. Huh. And our Savior is going to come back and touch down on this earth. And he's going to mm. bring back all of those that love him and that truly believe and profess John 3.16 and that Christ has died for them and that he is the ruler of their heart and he's going to want to know an assessment he's going to say hey you know what did you do how did yeah. you spend your time how did you spend your energy how did you spend your money how did you spend what i gave you hmm. the gifts that i have and we're going to have to give an account hmm. and i have the i do not have the fear but i would have the fear of being a person who's before my almighty savior who created me who knows everything and saying, I let it sit there. And he says, depart from me for I never knew you. Rather yeah. than well done, my good and faithful servant. Absolutely. Yeah, that's when we understand our need for grace and our total complete inadequacy and that Jesus did such an act of service, right? He tells us in 1 John 3, 16, um, for we know love is this, that Christ laid down his lives for us. Um, we too should lay down our lives for the brethren like, we are told explicitly to lay down our lives for one another. Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. It says in verse 20 before that, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see over and over again, out of our love for Jesus and our understanding that this was a great act of service that saved our souls and gave us, as 1 Peter 4, 8, or 2 Peter 1 tells us, we have, we have access to all things for life and godliness only because the grace of Jesus. So when we understand that divine act of service that set us free and lit us ablaze, like we can't help but serve others. When our heart is to show people Jesus and he tells us over and over again to serve one another, we can't help but do it as we go closer to him. And so I think like in asking that question to myself, like why do we serve when the world tells us not to? Why are we told to serve and why do we serve? I just think about like, I've done good things in the world's eyes, quote unquote, a, a million times, right? I've I bought somebody's meal or I've, you know, gone and gotten something for somebody or I've, whatever. There's a, so many ways to service. Picked up friends when their car broke down or et cetera. And I've done it out of the wrong heart and it's been unfulfilling. Hmm. But I've done just as many acts of service out of a heart to please, uh, like out of a heart to bless others and just out of a love for Jesus having this desire to do so. And it's been incredibly fulfilling. And I think that that's the difference. That's part of my God argument. It's like my God argument is like, you've done good things and felt bad. Hmm. And then I've done good things and felt bad. And then I've done good things out of the right heart and felt this incredible, fulfilling conviction that's like, 
you are walking honorably. Walking is wise, not as unwise as Ephesians 5 would call us to. Ephesians 4, like walking in a manner worthy of the calling, uh, which is so sweet, like bearing one another in love. Like we are told over and over again to submit. Jesus Jesus says, I think it's in Matthew 11, he says like, for if I, like your Lord, washed your feet, you should wash each other's feet. Mm, what an act of service. And so we are, we are over and over again, like implored and urged to wash each other's feet. And all these scriptures point to that. And there's so many more. The life of Jesus was a life of service, was a life of, of thinking of others as greater than himself when he was and is the greatest, uh, which is so humbling. It's so cool. Mm. So you can't help but serve others as you grow closer to this Jesus that literally saved your soul from Abaddon. Like, I mean, he stepped in and saved you from eternity apart from him. When the only moments we experience true joy are alongside him. And so like, with that being what's happened, you can't help but just love and love and love. And so that segues pretty well into our final question. How do we improve in our service? How do we grow in our desire to serve one another? What would you say? Yeah, I would say that we can grow by living as Christ did, interruptibly, willing to step in. And then also, as you were just saying, kind of a segue off of what you were saying, Colossians 3.23 says, do whatever you do as unto the Lord and not to men. Mm. The Bible tells you you can't serve both man and money, or man or man. And, and so with that, we're reminded again, who are we living our lives for? Am I living my life in a way and doing things and orchestrating certain acts so that people can look at me? Hmm. Or am I doing them in a way so that others can see Christ? Because honestly, I would rather my name be forgotten. Hmm. And I full heartedly mean that. And I would rather someone see Christ in me before they know my name. Because that is so much more important. Hmm. And how do they see that? It's through the way that I live, through what the acts that I do, hmm. and the time that I spend with people, and how I'm intentional with the gifts that the Lord has given me. So if we want to grow in the desire to do that, we want to grow in the opportunities to do that, what do you think is like a step to take? What do you think is like, is there anything tangible you could say, if you want to grow in your service, do this? Yeah. Again, I would go back to the life of Christ. Mm. And I would say the Lord Jesus Christ himself, God in man's form, mm. here on earth, lived the perfect life of service, as I was saying earlier. But what he did to keep his perspective in line. And I think something that we should take to heart as well is he spent time with his heavenly father. He knew the scriptures at an early age. He spent time with God in prayer. He spent solitude time with the heavenly father in the 40 day fast that he had. He fasted. And then all these things, what did he do it for? Was to get to know his savior. And the more and more he knew his savior, not savior, excuse me, more and more he knew his, his father. father. Yeah the more and more he was able to have that. And so I think practically for myself and practically for you and to our listeners as well, is to live a life where we are so just enriched in him that we can't help but serve. Serving becomes an addiction in a way. Yeah. And it becomes a good one with good intentions and good mentality and a good heart. Because if we're doing it for the Lord, then there is nothing in our way. Mm. But if we are doing it for ourselves and the perspective has changed and it's no longer for the Lord. It's no longer for those crowns that we can lay down at his feet, which ultimately 
all the good deeds that we do, what are we doing? Mm. We're casting them at our feet and saying, you are so worthy, holy, 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 to have this. And I want nothing to do but to serve you. Mm. And so here on earth, we have our we have our responsibilities, whether it's college, whether it's um, a job, whether it's a relationship that we're called to steward well, as well as our own individual things within our life. Mm. But when we get to heaven and we hear that well done, my good and faithful servant, because we have believed in what we're doing mm. to be true based upon scripture, what are we going to do? We are mm. going to turn around and we're going to serve our Messiah. We're going to praise. And, and we're, we're going to praise him in everything yeah. that we do. And there's a song by mm. Jimmy Needham that says, clear the stage. And in that song, it talks about worship is more than a song. Worship is how we serve. Worship yeah. is how we act with people. Worship is how we respond. Worship mm. is in so much more than just singing a song. It's a posture playing, of the heart, truly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, I believe it was Matt Redmond wrote a book called, um, uh, it was from, I'm forgetting what it's called, but I think it's something along the lines of face down. Mm. And as mm. Paul was saying at the beginning, the more and more we worship, the closer our head gets to the ground because we realize that that is a posture that we need to be in. And if mm. we can live our lives in a way where we are just at the cross, on our face, on our knees, on our hands, saying, Lord, I need you yeah. because I know I am inadequate. Mm. I know I am nothing without you. If mm. you, Isaiah tells us that our greatest deeds without Christ are polluted garments that are worthless mm. to be thrown away and forgotten about. But everything that we do through Christ is so much more valuable. Mm. So that would be what I would have to say. Yeah, we're storing up in heaven. We're storing up treasure in heaven for the deeds we do here. So growing in service, like the Spirit tells people all the time through me, if you want to see God move, do more stuff. You just have to do more stuff. And so the more things you do, the more opportunities to serve. And so there's constantly, constantly opportunities to serve. And you don't really want to do them until you start doing them. And then you want to keep doing them. And you want to keep doing them. You said service is kind of addicting, which I think is absolutely true. That, that the more you serve, the more you realize that this is where, how we were intended to be, right? We see in Ephesians 5 talks all about service and submission. And so submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, the end of Ephesians 5 talks about the marriage, like of a husband and a wife, which is the way that Christ reveals his gospel on this earth the most plainly is through that marriage as his to the church. And so it's all about submission and love and submission and love and submission. And so if we, if we have relationships which I think both of us have these. I hope that every listener has a relationship where you're both just aiming to serve one another. That is your intention. You just want to serve that person. You want that person to feel loved and seen and sought and valued and celebrated. Those are the five words of the summer for me, like leading the staff. Mm. And if you desire to serve those people and they desire to serve you back, it is the most healthy, flourishing, incredible, like redeeming relationship ever. Mm. But I've had relationships where I'm trying to get something from them, where they're trying to get something from me. And if even one side of that relationship has selfish ambition, the relationship is going to hurt and burn so much more than if you just desire to serve one another. And so I say like, and we know, right? John 15, we align with his commandments. There is our fullness of joy. Jesus promises us that. I'm gonna flip to it so that, cause I've referenced it three times or something like that. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
greater has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And so we see Jesus literally commands us and he tells us, so this is my commandment. He says, as I loved you, love others and lay down your life for your friends. And there is your fullest joy. That is a promise. This, this book does not lie. This book quite literally does not lie. And so I am going to take it seriously until it proves itself wrong, and it will never prove itself wrong. And even going off that, 1 John 4.20 says that if we love God and hate our brother, then we live a life that is a lie. Hmm. And so going back to what you're talking about in Matthew, where it says we are to love our Lord our God first and love our brother and sisters and our neighbors as ourselves, hmm. if we aren't doing that, then we are missing out on so much that the Lord can use. And I think... That the more and more that we can love God, the more and more we can choose to love others. Because you know what? We are all broken. Mm. We are all in desperate need of a Savior, and we are all in desperate need. Oh. But if we can live a life that mirrors the Heavenly Father in a way that others see Him in what we do, mm. then what a blessing. And that's yeah. difficult. Because yeah. loving our enemies is hard. Praying for those who persecute us is difficult. Mm. But there is such a beauty in that. Mm. Because we know where our allegiance is, who it is to, and what our life is for. Mm. I think we have the blessing as Christians who believe in the Heavenly Father to love others as Christ loves us, serve others in a way that is just Hard to exp mm -hmm. hard to even explain. Mm -hmm. Like this is a conversation we need to have in weeks, and I've studied many, many times. Yeah. On how do we serve well? Because yeah, we I've heard it, I I've I've seen it, but how do you put this into words? Yeah. What does it look like, really? What does it look like? Man, I I just hope, um, listener, that this found you where it needed to find you. Um, that you have a a newfound fire by the Holy Spirit speaking through us, hopefully. <laughs> Um, otherwise they're just empty words, but that you have a newfound fire to serve just to put somebody before you and see the fruit in that relationship and to make that a lifestyle. But only if that first comes out of a heart to please the savior that served you and that serves you. And so it's like the coolest burden ever to think of others as greater than yourselves because you have to fight what the world has to say. You have to be different and accept that difference. And there is your fullness joy, your fullest joy. In aligning with the commandments of loving your neighbor as yourself and thinking of others as greater than you. It is so cool and so freeing because you spend your whole life longing to hear words out of people's mouths. That you are pretty or that you are talented or that you're ABC. You put whatever you think you long to hear in there. And when you submit those things in an open palm to the Lord, and desire to serve one another, you will receive the affirmations you seek in such a healthier way. I spent my whole life looking for I'm proud of you and I love you. And when I finally let go of the desire to hear them in a worldly manner, I heard them tenfold in a manner that was so much more fulfilling. So, um, Stephen's gonna pray, um, and then we are gonna go play some sand volleyball as the sun goes down. Um, praise the Lord. Go ahead, Stephen. Right, let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity just to come before you and share what is on our heart. 
Heavenly Father, I pray for the listeners that are hearing this now. God, they would just be reminded of truth. God, that service is not something that we do for our own gain, but because of what you have done for us. As Paul was saying earlier, I would say, Heavenly Father, I pray that you put somebody in our lives tonight, maybe after this this podcast, God, that we can just step out and we can serve. Heavenly Father, for no earthly value, but for them to see you and know you more. Heavenly Father, I pray that in the areas in our life that we need, that um, we need to be closer to you, that we would take those steps, whether it's an accountability group, whether it's a small group, whether it's, Heavenly Father, whether it's just waking up and fighting the battle to get in the Word in the morning, or to spend time in prayer, or spend time with you. Heavenly Father, we would just be so bold, and that this, this study would just give us the courage that we need to stand up and say, hey, I want to live a life for Christ because I have been reminded of what it is all about. <clears throat> that is to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love our neighbor as ourselves and live a life in a way that reflects you. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, be with us. Be with our listeners. And I pray that you would go before us. In your heavenly name that I pray. Amen. Amen.